you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Welcome to NFL Films Tales from the Vault. I'm your host, Andrea Kramer. On this podcast, you'll hear some of the greatest interviews ever done by the man who was the heart and soul of NFL Films, Steve Sable. These interviews are raw, unedited, and none of them have ever been heard before in their entirety. My role is to guide you through the NFL Films Vault, providing perspective, insights, context, and a few anecdotes along the way. You know how we say this show is like a time capsule? Well, this week, it really feels like that. Today, we head back to 1997. Peyton Manning was a 21-year-old starting quarterback for the University of Tennessee, the fall before Peyton was drafted by the Colts. In 1997, Peyton Manning was in the midst of his senior season where he would lead the Volunteers to the SEC Championship and a berth in the Orange Bowl. In November of that year, Steve Sable traveled to Tennessee and sat down with Peyton and his father, Archie, to talk to and about two of the greatest college quarterbacks of all time, Archie, an All-American at Ole Miss in the 70s, and Peyton. Now, everyone knew at that point that Peyton was going to be a high draft pick, and most experts will tell you that they knew Peyton was going to be an all-time great pro. But there's still some things people forget. First off, surprisingly, Peyton did not win the Heisman Trophy. He finished second to Charles Woodson. And secondly, there was actually a lot of pre-draft debate about who would be selected first overall, Manning or Washington State's Ryan Leaf who, by the way, actually finished right behind Peyton in the Heisman voting. I remember this very well. I I was right in the middle of covering this whole who's going to go first debate. And I recall a Newsday poll of 20 NFL general managers who favored Leaf over Manning. To quote from that poll, the overwhelming consensus, Manning may have the more recognizable name, 
but Leaf clearly is the preferred quarterback among league executives. 14 of the 20 polled said they would draft Leaf over Manning, citing the Washington State quarterback's stronger arm, better mobility, and more promising long-term prospect as a franchise-caliber player. For Archie, the idea of which quarterback gets picked first may have seemed eerily familiar. Harken back to 1971. First pick in the NFL draft, quarterback Jim Plunkett. Second pick, quarterback Archie Manning. Third pick, quarterback Dan Pastorini. The first time in NFL history, quarterbacks went in the first three picks. So as much as this interview is about a young Peyton Manning, it also showcases the special dynamic between father and son. It is illuminating, I think, the way that Archie talks about his role as a sports dad, especially in this day and age of the helicopter sports parent. Archie Manning knew the best way to ensure his son's football success was to get out of the way. But he also knew when to involve himself in intra-family disputes, which were inevitable when he had three competitive sons, Cooper, Peyton, and of course the baby, Eli. So let's go to the vault for Steve Sable and Peyton and Archie Manning. B-marker, marker. See, we're shooting film, so we change film every every 10 minutes, not like video. Mm-hmm. Now, Peyton, I've known your, your dad since he was a player and through a lot, and I've never seen him angry. Mm-hmm. Do you can remember one time as a kid that you did anything that really pissed him off, that really upset him? Well, uh, obviously, Cooper and I tried to stay out of trouble as kids, but I remember um, we used to play a lot of one-on-one basketball together. We played a 20, and first guy that got to 18 wasn't going to get another shot off without getting a bloody nose or just without being fouled, fouled to death. My dad, it, really, it really used to bother my dad because he was trying to get us to become closer and be tight brothers, but we were just so competitive to one another. So anytime we did that, he always threatened us with a big number eight belt. That was just a big belt with a number eight belt buckle right here. And he never used it, but it was always a big threat. And that big number eight was threatening enough to stop and, and try to make us get along. When you look back now with uh, in, in your gradual maturing as a quarterback. What's the best advice that Archie ever gave you? As a quarterback? Yeah. Um, he's given me um, a lot of good advice. One thing he always told me as a football player, as a quarterback, is you got to have fun playing this game. If you're not having fun, you're playing the wrong position. So that's one thing I've always remembered You know, in, in the intense workouts, the morning runs, uh, you know, the hot practices. you got to have fun with what you're doing. But the best advice he's ever given me is probably to be a student of the game. You can't go out there in today's game and just try and wing it and try and use your arm strength or just try and throw it up for grabs. you got to study during the week, prepare yourself for what defenses are doing, and learn everything you can about the game. That's something I've tried to do, something I'll continue to do throughout my career. Archie, I want to ask you that. When was the first time that you saw Peyton's ability as a possibly, you know, an All-American quarterback? Can you remember a time when, when he was little that you saw him throw or as an athlete and said, you know, this kid's got some potential? Well, I know when he, I really didn't believe in playground football, you know, in the third, fourth grade and all that. I mean, I thought kids going to play football, Steve, they ought to just choose up in the backyard and play and get a buddy nose or whatever, but not the pads and the coaching and all. So they didn't really play until about the seventh grade. But they had a nice little team. The coach did a good job, and usually at that age, you know, you just turn around and pitch it to your fastest, biggest guy, and you just run, run, run. But they threw the ball a little bit when he was in seventh grade, and they coordinated a little passing game. You know, nothing great, little dump-off passes and long ones. And, and uh, Peyton, Peyton was a quarterback. Yeah, he was a quarterback. He could always throw it out there. When he was a, when he was a little boy, he used to, he had older brother, so he played with older kids. 
and they used to get him to uh, show off his drop. He could he could take the ball and take a five step drop. You know, he was four. Now, where'd five you years. learn that, Pete? Where'd you learn to take that? Well, just growing up in a football environment, and you uh, know, I was younger, but just always I, I was aware that my dad played quarterback, and the five step drop was something I'd heard of on TV and seen on seen on game day. It's something I always tried to try to work on. I guess. Did you watch your dad play? Well, I did. I was I was younger. Um, obviously, when he was playing, I remember more his later years with the with the Oilers and with the Vikings. But uh, I, um, it was a fun experience growing up in that environment. Archie was saying that in the beginning that you just go out in the yard <clears throat> when you were a kid, and every kid that's done that always, you know, if you're a quarterback or running back, you're always somebody. You know, now when you were playing quarterback as a kid, who were, were you? Were you John Elway or Dan Marino or, or Roger Staubach or Archie Manning? Well, I was a little bit before the Elway, Marino era, but, you know, um, um, obviously my dad was one of my heroes. Roger Starback was always one of the guys we looked up to. Dan Fouts was in that era also. So uh, we were always a big fan of the quarterbacks, but my dad was always our favorite. So which one in the family would get to be Archie? Uh, let's see, I was uh, I was probably my dad. Cooper always had somebody different every week, it seemed like. And he was kind of a front, front runner. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you look at films of Archie playing, how would you evaluate him as a quarterback now, knowing what you know about the position? Well, it's funny. When I first got here to Tennessee, the first thing I did was get a couple of his college games. They played against Tennessee, and uh, I sent two tapes of, I sent the two copies of the games he played, and I wrote, like, Dad, you were awful. Just because his mechanics were just so off. <laughs> they were so bad, but that was kind of a different era back then. But obviously, his pro days were always fun to watch, you know, just scrambling all over the field, making a lot of plays. What do you remember as a kid when Archie played after the, after the games? I mean, what was it like, you know, on a Sunday night after a game? Well, I remember it was tough. Um, um, my older brother Cooper and I used to always come down to the locker room after the game, and we'd, we'd get all the candy bars and all the chewing gum from all the players' lockers and just kind of be playing around. But we always got a big tape ball, made a tape ball and go out into the dome and play 100-yard one-on-one football. That's the greatest game in the world. And it'd be after a tough loss. My dad would always have to come out there and get us and say, hey, guys, let's go home. But, but the thing I do remember is he always took the time to sign all his autographs and do all his interviews after a tough loss. And, uh, but at home that night, he never brought the, you know, the tough loss home. He was always real good to us, real good to my mom. And so you never, you know, you, you couldn't really tell whether they won or lost. Now, if you could have the power, Peyton, to go back in time and change one thing about your dad's career, what would it be? I would, I would, I would bring about five all-pro all uh, all offensive linemen with me and, uh, <laughs> and put them on the Saints. And that would have helped out, I think. <laughs> Archie, when you, when you see Peyton play now, does he have certain abilities that you wish you had? Well, he, he he's so much more advanced in college. He talked about how awful I was, and he was talking about my mechanics as a, as a drop-back passer. Our system was kind of a sprint-out thing, and, and I could run a little bit, and I could throw on the run, but when we did go to drop-back, usually it was only when we got way behind or something, and I had, I mean, I do. we do football camps now, and we coach young kids these things not to do as a drop-back pass. You know, don't take a false step. Don't look behind you as you're dropping back. Look downfield. Don't pat the ball before you throw. I did all those things. <laughs> I guess that's how I learned to, when I got to pro ball, I had to just correct so many things. And it was funny when he sent me those Tim's, that those films from when I played against Tennessee. Also threw six interceptions that day. It was probably the worst <laughs> game I ever had. But I, I watched him, and I was awful. I mean, my he's just... 
you know, he's had a great coach. And but how can so you say much... your mechanics were bad? I mean, people look at you and say you're one of the greatest quarterbacks well, to I mean, play. I had to learn. When I, went from, when I went from college, I had to learn the whole pro system. I just, I played under a college system. I mean, I had great coaches who played on good teams, but I didn't know anything about the drop-back passing game, mechanics or the reads and so forth. So, so I, had, college, I had to learn. Roll all out, yeah. all roll out. He, you know, even in high school, uh, he was a, he was a, a good drop back passer as a high school player, but uh, coming to Tennessee, uh, he, he's he's big and and he's a drop back passer, and he's worked on his mechanics and his quickness and all those things, and he's just so much further along. I, you know, I I don't go around bragging on Peyton, but you asked me, so you know, I like the way he plays the game. He 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 works at it hard, but he also plays it hard, and I think, and I'm not saying that really as his father, I'm saying it as a, as a quarterback. I, I would say, I say it about other quarterbacks, too, because there's a lot of good ones in college football, but I like the way they play the game. But when you realized that Peyton was going to be a, a quarterback, what was the first piece of advice, Archie, that you gave him? Well, was it a, something about the, the position, the fundamentals? The, I, I think, what, what I you, think uh, probably some of the I try not to just throw a lot of advice out there. You know, he, he really had to ask, you know, because I just think you can, that you can get yourself in trouble as a father. And, yeah, I played, but now he's coming along. For one thing, I didn't want the perception of people thinking I'm trying to mold him into this quarterback. He and his brothers, they really like to play the game. And if they ask me to go out and play with them or go out, let's go, throw, let's go, go play catch or run routes or something, I love to go. But I, I really didn't want to be the, the coach. I just kind of wanted to be another guy and their father. I, I guess, though, when it came to football, Peyton asked a lot of questions. And it was probably some of the early things is protect the football. And I think that is a quarterback's what you, what you got to do in, in situations. You know, uh, don't throw the interception, protect the ball, be, be smart as, as a player. And take the be conscious of the cerebral approach to the game, not just the athletic part of it. Now, when you see Peyton play now, is there anything about his game that reminds you of yourself? Well, like I see in, in looking at him in college, and because it's been so long since I played in college, there's not many, not many similarities uh, there. And the the college game has come so far. I mean, the you know the the the, the passing systems and the and the passing game today in college football is. In, in a lot of schools is, is so close to what the pros are doing. In, in my era, it really wasn't. But um, a lot of people think that, you know, they see something in Peyton, maybe the way kind of our swagger, the way we walk up to the line or something like that. I guess sometimes I've kind of seen that. But uh, I, I don't see many similarities in the game because I, I have such a different style of, of quarterback at, at the college level. Do you think having your dad as a quarterback, Peyton, has helped you or has it been a burden sometimes or you know sometimes if you go into the same profession even if it's not football if you're going to the same profession of your fa as your father that everybody compares you to your father right um it's never been a burden to me I, i've always realized that i was the son of, of a former quarterback and uh, you know most of the articles about me or tv interviews start off with peyton manning's son of former Saints and Ole Miss quarterback Archie Manning. I've kind of accepted that, but I'm proud to be his son. So it's never been a problem. But I realized when I chose to come play football in the SEC that the comparisons would be there. But I'm not trying to be better than my father. I don't think I ever will be as good a quarterback as he was. All I want to do is play good football and be as good as I can be. But uh, I've kind of taken advantage of him as a quarterback, kind of milked him for all his knowledge <laughs> and, and try to learn everything I can from him. Does uh, Archie review your games after you play? I mean, if he it comes when the game's over and you talk, does he ever give you any kind of critique about 
not really. You know, in high school, he and I used to talk about it a little bit, but now that I've come to college, he's really turned me over to the Tennessee coaches. Uh, he and I would talk about the game because I want to talk about some things, and he'll just kind of listen. But uh, on the phone during the week or the night before a game, we don't talk X's and O's. All we'll talk about is maybe how to handle certain situations after the game, how to handle certain interviews, just how to handle all the attention that comes with being a quarterback at a major college program. Uh, if you were going to judge, how would you say that you judge a quarterback success? Success, um, obviously his win-loss record probably has a lot to do with it. Um, you know, statistics are, um, can be misleading, um, um, you know, in today's game. But I think the win-loss record, just, you know, you kind of have to watch him play to see how he plays the game, how he handles himself, how he handles himself in tough situations when the defense is coming after him the entire day in a tough loss, whether he quits at the end, whether he comes back. you got to see him play a bunch of games, I think, to get a good feel for how good of a quarterback he is. How about you, Archie? How would you well, answer that? You know, question? I think a lot of it is things we, we can't really see just watching on TV, sometimes in the stands, Steve. But um, Peyton's been involved in the game now, you know, four years here at Tennessee. He's, he's worked hard at it, studied the game. I think there's there's a, a level you get to as a college quarterback where the, the coach can really kind of take some reins off of you. Obviously, when you're a freshman, sophomore, you don't give them the whole package to read. You know, you, uh, you try to, you, you can pinpoint one, two, that, that, and then as they mature and get older, or sometimes they never do, but he can by watching a game, watching other, another quarterback, watching their system. He kind of knows if their coach is turning them loose or they've got them just doing a little, definitely throwing here, watching the guy they're going to throw to. And, and it's all levels of development for quarterbacks and, and college systems. But I think, if you played the game, I think, uh, and, and we get those of us who got to play at a pro level, we appreciate seeing a, a college quarterback that we know he is doing the whole package there. That he's he's managing the game. He's coming to the line of scrimmage. He may be running check with me. He may be coming out of runs and going to passes. What he does against blitz situations, I guess, more of the things that the that the pros have to do, and in some college systems they're they're more developed or the quarterback is they give them they give them more to do and that that's impressive for for young people 20 21 year old uh, young people it's really interesting listening to archie say how much the college game is like the pro game in 1997 but not so much when he played back in the 60s and 70s one thing i've always learned from coaches today is that nfl offenses have evolved based on the players they get from the college game, the unique skill sets that those college quarterbacks have. So in the 25 years since this interview, there isn't any college style or pro style of quarterback play anymore. In fact, the straight dropback passer, which Peyton typified, isn't the template for quarterbacks in the game today. Now, you still need the same mental acuity to be a great quarterback, But in today's game, the physical skill set can vary widely. When we come back, Steve talks with Peyton about why he chose to stay at Tennessee instead of going pro after his junior year and the role that Archie played in making that decision. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 
What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25 until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Welcome back. When Peyton Manning finished his junior year at Tennessee, there was a lot of speculation about whether or not he would turn pro. The Jets had the number one pick in 1997, and after they hired new head coach general manager Bill Parcells, Manning said that made his decision a lot harder. But on March 5th, Peyton held a press conference announcing he would return to Tennessee for his senior season. And I quote, If I'm good enough to play in the NFL, as many experts say I am, then I can only be better after one more season. By the way, over the years, Parcells has said that he would have taken Manning number one. Boy, can you imagine that Hall of Fame combination? So meanwhile, let's head back to Steve with Peyton and Archie talking about why Peyton chose to finish his four years at Tennessee and enter the draft in the spring of 1998. Now, when you look at your career, it seems like everything you've done has been escalated. Everything, you're in a hurry. You go through college in two years. And that, when it came to counting the NFL, you sort of put the brakes on. Why was that? Well, I kind of did my career in reverse. I mean, you know, I mean, everything happened so fast. Most guys come in in red shirts or freshmen and start off real slow. Then they play their you know, sophomore, junior, senior years. I played so early, and I was taking a lot of classes early. I graduated in three years, and I played so much. I kind of wanted to slow things down and say, hey, I don't want to rush my college career. So that's why I stayed one more year to be a senior here at Tennessee and just enjoy college life one more year, because otherwise I felt like I would have rushed right through college. Did you ask any of the, you know, other than your father, Roger Staubach, or you mentioned that you talked to any other quarterbacks say, should I come out early or should I stay in college? Well, I did. My dad and I sort of sat down and formed a list of people, you know, who we thought would have good knowledge of, of football in the NFL or just good decision-making knowledge. And we talked to talked to Troy Aitman, uh, talked to Bledsoe, Drew Bledsoe, Rick Meyer. Now, what they said, what they tell you? Um, most of them had kind of mixed uh, opinions. Most of them I asked, I said, what would you do if you were me? And, and the majority of them said they'd probably leave. Uh, that's just what they said. But they said, if you want to stay, 
don't think twice about it. Go ahead and stay. Do what you want to do. So, so you were saying, Peyton, don't show me the money. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, the, the Jeremy Maguire slogan, I guess. But uh, the fact that they said, do what you want to do, that was the best advice they gave me because then I thought, I'm going to do what I want to do, what feels strong in my mind and my heart. And so I decided to stay. Now, when you look back on your career, there's been so many high points. What do you look back on your career now and say is the biggest disappointment of your career? Well, I think all the losses are disappointing. Obviously, we've lost to Florida in the past couple of years. We had a really disappointing loss to Memphis last year, which was a big upset. So, so you always hate to lose, but uh, you know, there were so many highlights, too. So you try and help those to overcome your lowlights. Archie, when Peyton leaves for, for training camp next, next summer, what's the, the last words of advice that you're going to give him? I don't know, Steve. I hadn't thought about it. Um, uh, you know, another thing I, I've always told young quarterbacks is, give me one piece of advice, and I always say, find that 30-second clock there. You know, before the game starts, you can really go crazy there. Uh, I guess he'll probably know where that is. Kind of like he said before, you know, it, it, it's a, it'll be a huge transition for him, just like high school to college was. But just, just take it day by day and uh, keep having fun, you know, uh, I know I, I felt like in my pro career I saw a lot of guys come into the league who probably loved college football, had fun playing it, and, and it, it got where it wasn't fun. And maybe our teams, maybe you know, we struggled at times. But I, I just think it, it is a business, and it's, and it's serious stuff, but it, it's still a game too. And I would encourage him to always re remember that, it, that it's a game uh, to play hard, compete hard, but you gotta, you, you got to have fun playing football. And that's interesting how you keep stressing fun in your career because there's a lot of professionals that you know that say there's the only thing that you can do is winning, is winning, and yet you never had that opportunity, and yet you still look back, and the most important thing to you was fun. And, and there'll be some people say, well, how could you have fun? It, it, I mean, that's really well, I mean, a, I'm saying you, it's a very unusual yeah, it is. You try to, you know, I think you try to have fun. If it, if it just uh, overcomes you, and I, you know, and I struggle with it. I mean, I had to really make some, make some transitions in my day-to-day -day thing. And I was, ta I was taking it. And maybe it was before I had children, but I was taking it home with me. And Mondays were horrible, and your day off at Tuesdays were horrible. And you're just living with it, losing. You know, the best day was Wednesday when you got to think about a different team and prepare for a different team. And I guess the best thing on Sunday, the score was always nothing to nothing when the game started. You got another, you got another chance. Um, I didn't really see the, the, the bright side of, of pro football, but now years later, when I reflect on it, uh, I, I really did enjoy the trip. It's what I wanted to do as a kid, and I had goals to play the game. Now, I wish we'd have won more. I wish I'd accomplished more, but I, I did. I, I did keep trying, and I did really love playing the game. You know, and it never got to be losing was miserable, but going into Sunday was never miserable for me. I was always. Upbeat. I always thought we had a chance to win. I was always trying to have a sanguine feeling about the next game or the next season or the next era we were going through. So I, I really loved the game, and, I, and I'm glad I had the opportunity to, to play it. So I think people that get to play it should appreciate that opportunity. Don't ever take for granted. Enjoy the, the trip. You know, it's going it's to be a yo-yo, and it's going to be hard. Everybody, everyone's going to struggle when they first begin. You try to get better and progress. But... Um, you really should try to look at the overall picture and enjoy the trip. It's a great profession. Because people think of, think of your career and they'll first thing say, Archman, terrific quarterback, terrific talent, terrible timing.
do you think or are you worried that the same thing could happen to Peyton because he's going to be picked by the by the worst team in the NFL? And do you have a feeling, oh, no, this is this going to be my career, you know, duplicated the same thing, that he's going to be put in a situation where as good as he is, he's never going to experience winning? No, I, I really think that's just that's negative thinking right there. And, and I know that can happen. Um, but, you know, that's the... That's the system, uh, the team that's having the worst year picks. And if he's fortunate enough to be picked early, I think that's a great compliment. I do think in this in this time in football, and football, as you know, has gone through, in my opinion, the most drastic change in the last four or five years in the history of the game. But I do think one thing, and it's not all good, but one thing about it, I think a team does have a greater chance now that's on the bottom or they didn't win many games to turn it around. And there's no... You don't hear anyone talking about long-range building programs anymore. There's no five-year programs, although maybe there should be. I mean, I think what we do to coaches today is, is unbelievable, the insecurity they have. But I think teams uh, can can turn it turn it around with the proper structure, the, the management, the coaching, and so forth. And, you know, I'm being selfish as a parent. I, I want him to play on as good a team as he can play for, and I, I hope he can uh, be successful. But... Hopefully he can, he can stay healthy and, and have a, a, a long career and, and, and enjoy it and see the bright side of pro football. But how about your opinion of that, Peyton? Because it's not like going to college where you can pick where you want to go and you know the coach, you know the program, you know the enthusiasm. This is different. You know, this is, you know you're going to get picked by a team that, that, that's the, probably the worst team of all 30. How do you, what's your mental approach going into that situation? Well, it's still early. I still have no idea where I'll be picked, but if it does come about, I've always just, just growing up, you know, I realize you can choose a college, but in the NFL, you go to whatever team takes you. So all you can do is go there and make the best out of the situation. Work hard as you possibly can. Hopefully some other good players are coming around you and just believe in the program and, and just work hard and, and hopefully try to do your best. That's really all you can do. If you have a bad attitude about it or you dread the situation, obviously you won't do well. To Steve's point, there's no way Archie would have wanted Peyton to duplicate his career. Remember those images of the Saints fans with bags over their heads? Well, Archie Manning played his entire 13-year NFL career and never finished a season with a winning record. In fact, his career mark was 35, 101, and 3. Now, speaking as a parent, we always want our kids to do better than us. No question that's the case for Archie Manning. But there were still many highlight moments in his career. When we come back, Peyton recalls his favorite Archie Manning plays. Plus, here's a story you're going to want to hear. Peyton and pizza. Stay tuned. You go into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the irish spring your day immediately gets better that crisp fresh unmistakable irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses so when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it irish spring body wash and bar soap fresh green irish shop now at a store near you What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. 
But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Welcome back to Tales from the Vault. So, this is not a newsflash. Peyton Manning is a perfectionist, and I experienced this firsthand. When Peyton was with the Colts, I was doing a story on the unique way that he warmed up pregame with star receivers Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne running precise patterns in their route tree. So Peyton shows up for the interview, and he had actually gone through pregame tape and analyzed the length, depth, and every aspect of the route tree so that he could give me the perfect information. That, ladies and gentlemen, is called preparation. But for all his intensity, there's also that Southern gentleman aspect to his personality. Archie and Olivia Manning brought their sons up right, like they wanted them to share, even if it was pizza. I'd read something where there was was before a Florida game and there were people standing in line and and you bought everybody pizza. Uh, yeah. uh, what, what happened? What was that? Well, there were some students waiting in line for tickets before the game. There were probably 600 people waiting in line for tickets and 300 were, were going to get tickets. And so there were 300 people. It was raining. They were just in line for a miserable night with, with, you know, with no rewards. And so uh, I just heard the idea from, I think, Duke Basketball does it. I, I just uh, called Domino's Pizza up and told them to come send some pizzas over there and start in the back of the line. At least those people, if they don't get tickets, they'll get fed well that night. And so it was just an idea. I told them, don't tell them that I did it. It's just something I like to do for the students because they are a big part of our program here. And obviously word got out that I did and it, it was a lot of fun for me to try and help those people. Archie, when you're when you're watching Peyton play, what kind of a spectator are you? <laughs> do you, you sit and, and watch the game, or yeah, you want to? There's just pacing around I, in the back. I could probably pace, but I but I Fidgets. sit. I um I hadn't done as well in his last year that that I, I've done earlier. I mean, I had a basic theory about my kids playing sports when they were young, Steve. Just overall, you know, the little league parent syndrome is is um, Sit on the top row and keep your mouth shut, and I and I try to do that. And and I, he and Cooper played together in high school one year, and they got into the finally got to the quarterfinals, semifinals. I was a bit a bit nervous for him, but we handled that fine. And when he was a freshman playing college football, big time college football, I was I was concerned. I felt for him because I know how tough that position can be, and you know, right out of a small high school. But he's handled it well, and we've had a lot of fun watching him play. I think in his in his last year, it's been a little tougher, um, just because everyone just 
put him up here, and it, it seemed like a lot of people were waiting for him to fail, you know, or do poorly and take their shots. Um, I just, I think the position, I, I have so much respect position, but I, the quarterback position, I know how it can be good to you and how it can, some days it can go against you. So I, I'm a little nervous for him. And I think people that watch me, I, I kind of withdraw a little bit. I, I get, I don't have much personality during that three hours. And I don't holler and scream. And uh, sometimes I, I sink down in my chair. Uh, I get, uh, I think I get a little stress over a holding call. You know, I see a big game come back, just like when I play. I mean, I hate holding calls. I hate kickoff returns where you're going to get good field position and there's a hold and you start on the 10-yard line. I sink a little deeper in the chair there. Now, if you were a scout and you were scouting, Peyton, what would you fill out on the, on the chart on, on, as, a, as a scout? Uh, yeah, people have asked me this before and then I get into this thing where I say I don't go around bragging on Peyton. Uh, I guess I, I don't have some negatives to say about Peyton. If I did, I probably wouldn't, wouldn't tell you, Steve. <laughs> I, I think, first of all, what I said before, I really like the way Peyton plays the game. He just he plays the, the game the way you're supposed to play it. He understands the game. He understands it. He studies it. He's worked at it. And he tries to always get better on the, in the mental part of the game, be prepared for the team he's playing. But it's something else. And I think, you know, I, I see it, and I'm not I, – I shouldn't even say it. I'm not comparing him to any of the quarterbacks. But I see it in the – in the pro quarterbacks that I admire, and I admire most of them. I, I really respect that position. But it's something about that you go out there and you, you you play the game hard, you compete real hard, and you there's a there's a toughness. You got to have a mental toughness, physical toughness. Uh, there's a there's a leadership uh, uh, personality that has to, and there's different types of that, but that has to come out. There's, there's a reaction after an, an interception or after a missed third down where you got to settle for a field goal, have to punt the ball away. But um, overall, I, I like the way he plays the game. He's got good good size. He's got good a good arm. Uh, and like I said, I think he appreciates the fact that you do have to understand the, uh, the cerebral part of the game. But then after that, I just, I like the way he goes about his business and plays. Peyton, you've obviously seen a lot of our films of your dad playing. Is there one or two plays that stand out in your mind that when you see him on film, you just say, man, that is unbelievable. How did he do that? Well, honestly, probably the most popular one is, is, the, is the side, is, is the underarm, uh, uh, the underhand throw for the Oilers when they're playing the Eagles. So that's right. one you see all the time. But just to, what's funny is, is usually you see just the tail end of the play, but the first part of the play is, is the funny part. It's a tight end reverse, I think, where Dave Casper throws it back over my dad's head, hoping he's like, here, you take it. I don't want it. And my dad picks it up on the run and has no way to throw it, but throws it underhand. And the funniest part is the guy should have scored. Who'd have scored? Who'd be one of the greatest of all time. But, but that one sort of stands out. And I guess his first game, his rookie, and they're playing the Rams, kind of stands out. The story he kind of tells is they call a timeout before the before the play on the three-yard line with about three seconds to go. And they're kind of waiting for a play, and the coaches don't really give him a play. They're kind of confused, and he just says, Hey, we got to go. He goes in the huddle and calls one of their college plays, you know, calls quarterback sprint out left. But he runs in the end zone and scores on the last play of the game against the Rams, who had the, had the great defense those times. So those two plays always stick out, but obviously there are a lot that he made that were great plays. Archie, has there been one play in, in Peyton's college career that, that you've seen and that you've just looked at over and over again? So I can't believe he did that. Um. I guess uh, against Georgia, his his junior year, they had they were in the 
red zone, and um, he had a quarterback sneak. You know, I guess it was probably third and short. Uh, could have been fourth, but um, he he ran the quarterback sneak, and I guess felt like the, uh, he was stuffed and wasn't going to make it, so he he ran out of it and scrambled around, and his receiver went out and threw a touchdown. So that's like the play that you would have made. Well, right? I'm not See? sure I would have ever thought about that on a quarterback sneak. And like I said, I don't go around bragging about Peyton, but I, I think it is, it's a good example of his, of the way he competed. I mean, to, and the way he thinks that you, and I'm not sure I'd advise quarterbacks to do that a lot. You can get in big chances of a receiver going out on a, a lot of times on a quarterback sneak are not good. But uh, he was competing and thinking, and uh, it was a, it was a critical time in the game. And uh, it was a it, it was a big play. I had uh, I, I had heard I, I think Cordell Stewart one time, but it was kind of a design play. You know, they were kind of going to fake that and then do it. But just to, I think he he probably shocked his coaches a little bit that day. And I don't think it's a big part of their game plan. But uh, <laughs> I, I enjoy I enjoyed that play. Last question. It's it's a unique situation that you're in having a father that that uh, was in the same not only the same profession but the same position. Um, when you look back on your career now, Peyton, what have you learned from Archie that you've been able to apply to your own uh, situation? Well, the thing I've always tried to do, uh, obviously I want to be the same kind of quarterback my dad was, always playing the game the right way. But most importantly, I think part of being a quarterback is being the right kind of person off the field. My dad has always done that, uh, always handled himself with a lot of class during those tough times with the Saints. Uh, it could have been easy for him to... to, to you know, to walk through the interview room or not sign his autographs, but he always took the time to do that. And so I always wanted to be that kind of person. So whether you, you play well or you play badly, you always take the time to sign autographs for your fans, do your interviews, and just keep your head on the same level. So I've always tried to do that, and I learned that from watching him and from learning from him. That's it. Can't end, it. end on a better statement than that. Peyton truly revered his dad, and I think that we can hear that throughout Steve's interview. But make no mistake, he was also a mama's boy growing up. In fact, the great Olivia Manning once told me that her pet name for her middle son, and I can't really do justice to her Southern accent, was Pie. Did that come out right? I'm sorry, Olivia, I tried my best. One final quick story for you about Peyton emulating his dad being the, quote, right kind of person off the field. In October of 2017, the Colts unveiled a statue of Peyton outside Lucas Oil Stadium. There was a big ceremony. Tony Dungy was there, David Letterman, just several of the luminaries extolling the virtues of Peyton Manning. It was a nice event, but not much different than most ceremonies of that nature. The next day prior to the Colts game, as folks were milling about the new statue taking pictures, Peyton snuck up behind the unsuspecting fans and began taking selfies with them. No entourage, no security, completely unannounced. The mutual gratitude that Peyton and the fans had for one another was on full display. Well, next week, we have another gem from 1997 as Steve sits down with the aforementioned Bill Parcells, the summer after Parcells took over as Jets head coach. Sable and Parcells, that's entertainment personified. I sure hope you'll join us. Thanks for listening. I'm Andrea Kramer. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, 
your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.